Welcome to Crime by the Bar. Can I get another one? No, you did a perfect little groan noise in the end. (laughs) (laughs) I wanted to leave the groan noise, but okay, fair enough. Okay, sorry, we'll start again. You're looking at me like you're about to, like, do something. <laughs> I'm waiting to chime in because okay. you're going to welcome Oh, me. is that what it is? I, I see the, the burst of, of excitement in your face. Of course I'm excited. The words we're are re- bubbling we're up. We're recording an episode. Of course I'm excited. This is the best. Okay. Welcome to Crime by the Bar. Welcome. Welcome one, welcome all. I think I hit my laptop when you did your welcome. <laughs> I'm going to keep all of this regardless because that was cozy. It is... Tuesday. It's Tuesday. I finally got it right. You did. <laughs> Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. On Tuesdays, we do podcasting. Mm, and on podcasts, we talk about crime. It's true. Mm. We always talk about crime. That's one thing we're very consistent with. <laughs> well, <laughs> we've had some very, very long outtakes on Everything. anything from restaurant hygiene to, uh, well, Spice World is the only constant in this podcast, I think. Spice World's amazing. Mm. You are. This you f- has been said. Yeah, sorry, many times, I'm sure. How are you feeling? You were out last week. You missed uh, Spice Girls in the Silent Disco. I, d- oh. Yeah. There was Spice Girls there as well. Damn it. Yeah, there was a lot of singing. I went a little bit over the top. Well, as you know, because there my is muscles no such are still thing. killing me. <laughs> uh, yeah, I've been sick for a bit, which has been annoying. Yeah. Because, uh, well, being sick is not the most fun. And also, I've realized the last couple of years, I get like cabin fever really easy if I'm just stuck home. You shouldn't live in a boat if you get cabin fever. <laughs> hey, <laughs> very good. Very Sorry. Good. I had to. And apt. Um, <laughs> no, I, I, I don't know what it is because I didn't used to be as fidgety once I was like stuck home, be it sickness or something else. But nowadays it's like one and a half day is fine. Anything beyond that, I just kind of go insane. Um, but yeah. And you had midsummer. We did have midsummer. Also due to sickness, there were no spectacular celebrations, uh, but I did manage to get in a, um, Nice little toast on Midsummer's Eve. Oh. With, um, we had some relatively good rum. Well, no. Is that it, traditional for it is, Midsummer? It is good rum. It's just, it's not expensive and fancy rum, just good rum. And had a toast. Well, so when it comes to the Swedish perception of snaps, snaps. Snaps. Okay. The C uh, thing is more clearly indicative of the German things, okay. which are very, very sweet most okay. of the time. And, and yours are not very sweet? Not as sweet, no. Normally, like Herbie, uh, some of the classics can range from anything from basically uh, clear vodka to, um, what's it called? Oh, elderberry. Uh, what's the... Elderflower? Yes, elderflowers, yes. I don't know what elderberry is. No, I... I think I got a bit of Monty Python stuck in my throat. Um, oh, and your uh, mother smells of elderberries. Yes. yes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> elderflower uh, alcohol thing. Yes. Uh, which is not that sweet. And there are some more like things sliding on the bitter scale and everything. But in general, vodka is accepted and... Yeah, people won't sneeze at other things. So, yeah, I went with some rum because that was the tastiest thing I could find here. Um, I'm just trying to find out what episode it was we talked about Lily Lindstrom on. Ah. Um, Because in that episode, you explained what Midsummer is. Oh, did I? You did. Oh, goodness. Um, Memory, age. I think it was our 18th episode. Yeah. 18th episode, a.k.a. Hey. Mystery Number 9, Bonfires and Blossoms. Mm-hmm. Um, you talked about uh, the Stockholm uh, murder of Lily mm-hmm. Lindstrom, and in that you explained Midsummer a little bit. 
So to anyone out there who doesn't know what Midsummer is, including me, because I don't remember, um, I remember you <laughs> talked about it, but I also had a lot of drinks that night, so I don't really remember. What I think we all did. Yeah, it was bad. So I'm going to go back and listen to our 18th episode <laughs> and find out exactly what Midsummer is, because I know it's important to you. I think you burn things. Um, and I think you wear white. Oh, no, no, sorry. That wasn't um, for the... And right now I think you're combining the Walpurgisnacht uh, 1st of May thing with the uh, St. Lucia celebration thing. I don't know what you're talking about. We have a lot of fire up north. But, uh, oh, well, go back and listen to, to that episode anyway, but apparently there's but, nothing relevant. No, I don't think that's Midsummer. I remember now that you said it with the burning thing. Isn't Midsummer where you have all those crazy parties and you wear white and you stay up all night or, you know, for days drinking because all of a sudden it's shiny outside again after a really long winter? Well, yes, this is true. I think that's what we talked about in that Uh, episode. I think that's it. I thought we spoke about the fires and all of that. But uh, I had a lot to drink. I don't remember. Yeah, so did I. Yeah. (laughs) No, but definitely. I'm going back to listen after this. The whole, you know. Yes, drinking, dancing, singing, singing while dancing around huge inverted phallic, flowery, pretty things. Really? Yeah. Wow. That's interesting. Mm. Huh. That sounds quite lovely. Yeah. Anyway, with that. Yes. So Midsummer, we're a bit past that now. Now it's time for crime. So, who's worse this week? I'm pretty sure you are. Oh, well, that makes it easy. I'm I'm kind of bad. Yeah. You're the Xerox guy, right? <sighs> yes. <laughs> God damn it. Hey, okay, it was big. But, you know, we've been talking about this, how we wanted to, you know, involve and engage our currently non-existing Hawaiian listeners, because I think that's the only state where no, we do not... we have Hawaiian oh. listeners, actually. Okay, no, on that point, it's been a while since we played the Guess Where Our Listeners Are game. Yes. Um, okay, <laughs> now I have to do this. Um, okay, we had some really interesting new countries over the last month or so, and I forgot to tell you, um, but I thoroughly enjoyed it. We have now got, among others... South Korea. Nice. Yeah. Was that um, thanks to the... Um... My colleague? No. Um... <laughs> no I, I was going to mention your last um, Frog Boys thing. No, no it was before not. Frog Boys. Oh. It oh, was okay. before Frog Boys. Um, oh. We have Ukraine. We have Saudi Arabia. Um, mm. I always pronounce this one wrong. Macau? Is that? Macau, yeah. Yeah. Um, which is like, seriously? Wave me cow? Okay. Um, <laughs> Greenland, I got all excited about a little while ago. Georgia, the country, which I also got excited about a little while yes. ago. Um, Chile, Malaysia, Switzerland, Armenia. Oh, uh, yeah. that's fancy. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, Thailand, we've had for a while. Serbia. Oh, hold on a second. Republic of Korea. Rather than the Democratic Republic of Korea. Is that North Korea? We don't know. No, North no, Korea. no. North Korea is the People's Democratic Republic of okay. Korea. Like the... I was like, <gasps> did I get mixed up? Have we got North Korea? <gasps> I mean, cool. But um, we have Hong Kong. But yeah, that those are all our all our new ones, I guess. Mm. I love that we have um, six continents, and yeah, we have Hawaii now. Oh, Let me okay. check out our states. We have Hawaii and Alaska. Um, we are missing a couple of other states, but I don't know at a glance what they're called. Hmm. So I'm not going to try. <laughs> um, sorry. They're they're in places like that way. I'm are they straight or squiggly? One is a perfect square. One, we don't need that. One is... Uh, the right side of it is three parts square, and then it's like a child's face. Um, <laughs> oh, I would love if anyone could guess. Send us a guess on Twitter. <laughs> we'll find some kind of prize. And the other two, I don't know. I don't even know how to describe them. 
No, if, if anyone can work out what the square is and what the square with the child's face coming out the left side is, then... Uh, well, I, I'm assuming the square is too easy, but the... Um, Square's not that the easy. Baby face. Square ones. Uh, there, there are, but then people will, you know... Okay, the baby face one is adjacent to a square one. Hmm. Hmm. Um, but, yes, there we go. Why were we doing that? Oh, because, because you said you, we don't have Hawaii. Yes. We, we do have Hawaii. <laughs> Uh, no, sorry if I missed that, but um, no, we were talking a while back about engaging that, and I saw this pop up. I hadn't actually heard of it, so you might be able to add something. I, I don't think I will. I <laughs> don't. I I definitely heard the story before, and I came across it again whenever I was doing research, and I intentionally didn't read anything. Mm-hmm. As soon as I, well, I read about four things, um, accidentally, and then it was like. <gasps> Honolulu, nope, 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 nope. <laughs> and yeah, so that's where we're at. Cool. I guess I'll start then. Begin. Tell me your story. Yes, I shall. So the story this week. Yes. As you obviously know, mm-hmm. uh, takes place in Hawaii. Mm-hmm. And we're talking about Byron Koji Uyasugi. Cool. Sounds the pronunciation has convinced me. <laughs> I mostly struggle with the Byron because... Byron's very, like... As I was writing notes for this, I was constantly going back and forth between Byron, Byron, or uh, Brian. And that was not nice of me, I suppose. Oh. Um, But I've never heard Byron. Really? No, not with an A. Really? I have. It's just a weird combination of names, that's all. Combination? How so? Byron's a very, like, old English name to me. Hmm. Like Lord Byron? Yeah, but that's with an O. But isn't it pronounced pretty much the same? Uh, possibly. I haven't heard this one, but, okay, I've only been writing and reading on this. So I just see it with an A, and it looks really, really weird. Okay. I feel like we're rambling already. I'll shush. Yeah. <laughs> that's what we're here for. Yeah, so Byron was, um, he was born in Honolulu. On Hawaii, uh, in 1959, during his uh, school years, Byron was said to have been, you know, very quiet and calm, and like never got into trouble, doing his stuff properly. All good. Uh, he was a member of his school's junior reserve officers training corps chapter. That's a a lot of words. That's a mouthful. Um, I would have assumed that you would not have understood if I said J-R-O-T-C, but... No, I didn't understand it, even if you said the whole words. What What is it? Like a military thing? Yeah. Okay. Like reserve home training preparation for people who might want to have a military career, I assume. Wow, you sound like you know what you're talking about. Which would make sense, but just <laughs> like... Did okay. you hear the word assume in there? Yeah, but you you also said it with such conviction that I believe you. Okay, then let's roll with it. Um, And finally, combined with that, he was also part of his school's rifle team. Uh Oh, Mm. oh. Uh, But he he was quiet and calm and nice, so that's good. Um, He hadn't always been the luckiest kid, though. Uh, When he was, I think it was 13, he was rather severely attacked by a dog. Ooh. uh, And was apparently or reportedly haunted by this later in his life as well, which might have aided some things. Um, So Byron had said about this that he had, well, I had 11 teeth holes in my right side, my knees were scraped, and there was road gravel stuck into the open bleeding wounds, and I was shaking all over. Okay, I mean, the teeth, that's extreme. Everything else Mm. sounds like any weekend for me as a kid. Yeah, Yeah, I I would have said the same, (laughs) but, but yeah, like... Maybe we're a bit more rough and tumble. Possible. And the teeth like, e- even intense. though these things happen, like if you have that traumatic and vivid memory, that might not be the best. Mm, no, probably not. Um, and a bit later, so this was the spring of 1977. Uh-huh. He was in a car accident. Oh. Uh, he was driving home from his uh, graduation party. Yeah. And he was driving his father's car and he drove it into a telephone pole. Okay. Uh, Why? So, well, it was an accident. 
I feel like driving it into a telephone pole sounds fairly purposeful. Okay, that might have been my phrasing. Okay, uh, either you've been drinking or you, you know, dropped your coffee or you were checking your phone or or you were aiming for it, presumably. Yeah. Anyway. So, so so this, we don't have that many details. This is what I know. We know he hit a telephone uh, pole. He hit a telephone pole. Uh, I think it was, it was his brother who kind of retold this. And his brother later also refused to comment when people asked, for instance, oh, had he been drinking a lot at the party? Huh. And there was no comment. Hmm. But I wasn't going to insinuate. Okay. But uh, yeah, according to the brother, the car was like completely totaled and... Um, um, Byron hurt his knee, hip, and his head got slammed into the windshield. Like proper cracking glass, a bit of like blood and hair stuck in the windshield and stuff like that as well. Wow. Uh, and according to his family, Byron was never really the same after that accident. Head injuries can mess you up. Uh, he did leave rather unassuming life after this, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, he lived together with his father. Uh, his main hobby was racing and breeding fish in particular koi and goldfish goldfish don't get it at all koi cool yeah oh, koi are amazing yeah but hey freddie mercury had one of the best collections of koi in the world really yep hmm. he used to buy them for his wife hmm. that's cool <laughs> I, know, I, right? I did not know this i i'm just trying to picture him like sitting by a pond and yeah they have an it's incredible, cool. uh, well, his old house in London. Hmm. She still has a koi pond there. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> but, okay, possibly tying in with that goldfish comment. <laughs> uh, like, according to friends and family, he was something of a perfectionist and very, very prone to take all of his interests, let's see, very seriously. Okay. So um, when it comes to goldfish, he might just have gotten stuck with that. He apparently had about 1,000 different types of goldfish. Whoa. Not even individual fish, but types. Wow. It's a lot of fish. It's a lot of names for a lot of fish. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I did not find any references to names, so I can't be sure. There's probably a memorial for them somewhere. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, furthermore, he had another kind of side hobby thing. He was also a very avid collector of firearms that's i mean it's not ideal (laughs) so he had 25 firearms registered to him and his father whom he was living with had even more wow Um, i can show you his collection whoa so those are just the ones that are registered to him so we have one two three four five six 24 in that picture i did count it looks like there's about 10 rifles mm. and the rest are kind of handguns or revolvers. Mm. And there are at least three or four with scopes. Mm-hmm. Wow. And I noticed there's a, a nice black handgun circled. I wonder why. Yeah, I suspect <laughs> I know where this is going. Well, you did. So for the big, well, it's not a twist or a turn. It's a uh, reconnecting to... Well, start of this episode, because in 1984, Byron got a job as a technician working for Xerox. Yay! Which you know. And um, he stayed with that company for many, many years. Um, At one point, though, he was forced to switch to a different work group. And that's kind of when things started to go downhill a bit. Okay, we're blaming changing work groups. I'm not putting any blame anywhere i'm just saying this is a marker where more shit started moving in the general fan direction okay clear Mm. very clear good clarification (laughs) (laughs) so byron didn't uh, like when he started with the new colleagues and such he got kind of paranoid he started accusing his co- his co-workers of sabotaging his work mm. like tampering with his machines and like general harassment on top of that as well um so this of course led to him being more isolated and less included and in everything which kind of you know vicious cycle all of that um, and everything did escalate from his point over time mm-hmm. um also he reportedly had made death threats towards several of his colleagues. That's never good. No. 
so in general, his cohorts didn't like him. Uh, several of his clients had at this point asked to not deal with him, uh, which I mean, is not I wouldn't the best want to. either. Yeah. Um, and management couldn't quite handle him from what I can hear there. Yeah. Uh, so he had like really low on both the social and the productivity side of his job. Mm-hmm. But, um, uh, oh yeah, sorry, I forgot to mention, like aside from the sabotaging his work, he also very firmly believed that one or more of his colleagues were mutilating his fish. What does he mean by mutilating? As in literally like, cutting them up or but leaving them alive presumably otherwise it would say killing yeah that's true that's That's true freaks me out like i did kind of think of it as killing but but you have a point if it's mutilation Mm. why am i pronouncing it like that but anyway um (laughs) then you'd think they're not actually killing the fish or the fish aren't showing up dead and after the comment about him being a bit of a perfectionist, then maybe it's as simple as this fish isn't perfect. It was definitely better yesterday. <laughs> no, but I mean, he sounds like like he's a bit paranoid. And mm. if it's not dead fish, it's, hey, the, it's, it's asymmetrical now. Why is the fin on the left like that? It wasn't raggedy yesterday. <laughs> then... I, I did actually find... Uh, I, I like where you're going there, but I did find... Um, some quotes regarding like back and forth with his father on like pointing out like actually uh, some of the fish having been cut uh, cut up in some way or injured like properly Maybe he injured. Did it. That sounds possible to me. Okay, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm not on this guy's side clearly. <laughs> uh, neither am I, um, but. No, uh, they could not find. They couldn't even find any kind of um, support for sabotage happening in the workplace, and his co-workers somehow getting into his home to cut up his fish. That's no, no. I I can't see that happening. Nope, nope, nope. So, um, as I said, it kind of escalated. One of the worst points was in, in 1993, mm-hmm. as it went up, where Byron kicked in and damaged an elevator door in the office yeah and had like a minor berserk moment it sounds like after which his uh, manager forced him to have a uh, psychiatric evaluation done and he was also in conjunction with this charged with uh, third degree criminal property damage which okay. is what, never what heard are that the said in the sentence but I, i'm assuming it's same for like the murder with you know first degree is you know uh, planned intent and, and planned. intense yeah, and uh, so third might be a little bit like accidental yeah like you you did something that was quite clearly damaging mm. and in the moment you knew it was bad but mm. you did it anyway yeah and i i think the main point is that this was not an action with the intent of you know causing damage to that property and the company i don't know that, that sounds like it to me yeah the, after this he went for some evaluations met some psychiatrists cooled down a little bit but there were still issues mm-hmm. during most of his time working for xerox brian had mainly serviced the 1090 model photocopier that's my favorite xerox machine really yes huh i do not have a favorite xerox machine (laughs) i'm sorry i'm totally lying i have no idea you and byron would obviously get along like a house on fire i would know how to fake it for someone who was uh (laughs) that grumpy about people touching their shit it would be like oh yeah 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 this is my favorite people you people have been mucking around with this the 1090 is amazing why would they do that why would they screw with it (laughs) have they been fucking with the toner again (laughs) Ugh, these assholes these animals they shouldn't be allowed to use the machine Mm -hmm. anyway so (laughs) getting slightly scared but yes um uh, so yeah, he had mainly worked on the 1019 model, but towards the end of the millennium, they had almost like fully phased out that model. No. And um, Byron was required to learn the newest machine, the 5100. That was a piece of shit. That was like what, um, that was the Vista of Xerox machines, <laughs> by the way, but continue. <laughs> 
yeah, I think Vista might have been too much for Barn as well. Um, <laughs> because, okay, he really resisted this training thing. He feared that he would not be able to understand it, keep up with the level of technology. Oh, sweetheart. Because, like, yeah, this model demanded more computer knowledge. Like, it had an actual screen instead of, you know, the standard calculator display two-line thing. Uh, and a lot of new parts and stuff to deal with as well. So he, he tried to dodge this and get out of the training. But in the end, like on the 1st of November, 1999, mm-hmm. his manager, like Satan, had a meeting with him. And he said, no, 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 your training starts tomorrow. You need to sort this out and be ready to handle these new machines. Sounds off the intense. I, that might be my tone. <laughs> we just know that... Yeah, he he was given this information like, no, no, your your training is really starting tomorrow. Don't get out of this. So in the following morning, Byron went to the office as normal. Uh, he went up to the second floor, uh, found his co-worker uh, Ron Kawamai, who uh, was basically who byron thought had been like leading the others against him in the sabotage and everything yeah and he shot him in the back of the head uh. and then he went round and there were some meeting rooms on the second floor he went around there and kept shooting people but he was targeting specific people so first and foremost his supervisor and teammates uh, and some other people he perceived had a perceived grudge against basically <sighs> but he didn't attack anyone outside of those targets so so he had a list almost he basically had a list yeah Whoa. Uh, so he attacked eight people uh, seven of them died uh, the final one was wounded as they fled down the staircase to the first floor wow. but he did not pursue so instead he turned around and went out the back mm. so very calm and collected in that moment all of this happened really fast he managed to kill seven people really quickly i can show you the scene i found a wonderful like collation and transcript of all the court things and all the court sketches they had on the layout and everything yeah um just as a point like this was the i think the first meeting room he went into and just seeing how the people landed so five people in that meeting room that's crazy Mm. that's absolutely crazy and the end of the table is like pushed away. Mm-hmm. Or flipped down. Yeah, it looks flipped down, right? Mm. The legs. That's horrible. Yeah. But I can imagine that the people upstairs didn't quite realize what was happening. And as I said, downstairs, they had no clue. There were noises and like, oh, that's weird. Yeah. Uh, but they didn't have time to actually check anything out. Ugh. After the shooting, as I said, he uh, Byron left through the back of the building he stole a green company van and drove away so there were several witnesses who uh, like other workers who saw him drive away like completely normally really calm like not speeding or anything just like driving out that's not normal that's not normal (sighs) no it's not so uh, in the car he drove to the hawaii nature center in makiki where police caught up with him at this point Uh, there were several schools in the area and there was like literally a class in the nature center Uh, I think there was a school trip or something yeah Uh, so like all the schools and that class basically shut themselves in barricaded themselves Byron stayed in his car at this place but this kind of led to a very careful intense standoff with the police they cordoned off an area around him and try to basically talk him down or negotiate him down because he was still armed. They were at this for five hours and then he finally surrendered without a fight, no more fighting. So he he gave up, got in police custody. Yeah. Byron's trial started at the 15th of May in 2000. Uh, He was charged with one count of first-degree murder, seven counts of second-degree murder. So apparently one murder was both first and second-degree, which struck me as weird. Yeah. Uh, And one count of attempted second-degree murder. For the one that escaped? Uh, Yeah. 
so the defense tried to push for an insanity plea to get a not guilty verdict. So they partially dug up the evaluations from earlier mm-hmm. and they brought in a lot of specialists. They got a lot of focus on him, like Byron basically being haunted by something he described as a constant poking sensation, which had gone on and off during his later years. That coupled with him having visions of some kind of shadow that was stalking him, sometimes like pinning him down, which kind of combined into some kind of demon thing that he feared. Uh, Do we think this was bullshit or do we think this was... I actually think it's both. Um, Just run off, I was going to say, because one thing that surprised me, this was through two sources i don't think they were later but not a majority but there were apparently witnesses there were other people outside of the family as well who claimed to support the existence of this shadow as in they had actually witnessed it which i'm slightly skeptical towards but um i think was oh yeah back in 97 where it had gotten way worse with both the poking and the shadow the family actually called in a reverend to investigate a possible haunting, I suppose. They put up a protective barrier around the house, which apparently helped for a while, uh, a couple of days, apparently. But then like, the shadow came back. At this, I also found some conflicting statements. A couple of sources say that the, um, the reverend that visited, basically visited once, and then had a little side chat with the father or the brother of the family, saying like, yeah, he should probably get some, you know... Help? Professional help, yes. Yeah. Um, whereas other sources say that, no, when the first time it didn't work, the priest came back, like, a lot of times to, like, reinforce the barrier and also reinforce the delusion, I suppose. Um, what, what do you think about that? Like, do you think... Um it is more harmful kind of uh, playing into the the fantasy or the belief that there's something going on there. I don't know. Like, I can have different um, different views on that depending like case-by-case basis. Yeah, I kind of agree, and, actually. Um, and Sometimes I'm pretty sure the priest did not foresee what would actually happen here. I imagine uh, the priest did not. No. Uh, whereas some, it sounds like some of the um, uh, psychiatrists from... Uh, you know, when he busted up the elevator, they apparently logged some rather aggressive and ominous comments from him Uh-oh. back in those days, but they deemed him not to be a danger to anyone. Yeah, but if you reported every person who was talking crazy. Yeah, but I mean, when this person specifically has said that yeah, I should just go in and sh- if they try to fire me, I'll just shoot them all or something like that. Yeah, but you also don't know if they're joking or not. Because I've yeah. had many colleagues say things like that, and I assume they're all joking. Although some of well, them you look at and you go, if you have a gun, then you're really not joking, are you? <laughs> as idle chit-chat is different as well, but done as part of a larger investigation or evaluation, mm-hmm. you think that they should have a bit more check on that it's it's difficult to know though and i think we're in a really privileged position where um people don't really have access to guns not easily it's Uh, it's very different in the u.s where everyone has access to guns and if if someone makes a joke about it i think most places within europe you're you're gonna kind of dismiss it as a joke because Mm. realistically they can't get hold of a gun and come in and shoot the place up but in the u.s uh, I don't know. Yeah, true. That Does could that be make tomorrow. you take it more seriously or less seriously? What would think? You think more seriously, but who knows? It's yeah. a totally different environment. True, true. Mm. Mm. Um, anyway, sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, no, it's a good point. Uh, but but yeah, so that was the uh, uh, the reverend back and forth thing. But in spite of those testimonies and a lot of evaluations, like you said with the whole, like, if that was reliable or fake, like he was obviously, we're talking troubled and maybe not of the soundest mind, but when I read some things from the evaluations when they went through, it all sounded a bit too exaggerated in the context of we're trying to get an insanity plea. Yeah. Because there's one thing if you're having issues, but 
like every point on the evaluation thing, like a minor questions, like, okay, the one that stands out in my memory was like, okay, uh, we're doing some like sketch things, like, oh, just draw a person here, draw, draw a person. And then he apparently drew like a poorly drawn like devil thing with horns and a pitchfork and like, oh, so what did you draw here? And like, oh, he's looking over all the horrible tiny people and their silly mortal lives that are no consequence and blah, blah, blah. And yeah, it sounded a bit forced to me. Yeah, it does sound quite forced. Mm. But at the same time, definitely troubled. Um, So the prosecution's uh, experts... Uh, testified that Byron most likely suffered from schizophrenia, mm-hmm. uh, but any psychi- psychiatric condition that he had should be irrelevant to the murders, or at least irrelevant to the conviction, because, um, as they stated, like it was very clear from the entire scenario and all the facts that he knew what he was doing, uh, he knew what he was doing was wrong, that he simply didn't care about it, and he was very much in control of his premeditated actions. Yeah. Which I'm inclined to agree with. Yeah, it sounds like it. Hmm. So yeah, the trial went on for a month, Mm -hmm. and uh, in the end, the insanity plea was rejected. Uh, Byron was sentenced to two lifetime sentences, uh, one with and one without the possibility of parole, Uh to be served concurrently. I don't know how to come that. So there's no point. What I do know is that uh, at a later hearing, uh, they did establish that he is to serve a minimum of 235 years. This is back to that whole ridiculous thing of how many years yep. and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I mean, okay, good. At least he's not getting out. Yeah, it's a solid, good solid number. Yeah. And that's kind of where it ends. So That's really horrible. Yeah. Yeah. But you knew of it. So I'm, I did. I did. I was going to ask for your theories, but I'm, no, I don't guess, know how much we need. Here. Yeah, I guess I was kind of hoping for um, an explanation. Hmm. And I keep thinking about the goldfish mutilation. <laughs> yeah, not a good sign. I, yeah, well, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I need another drink. This mm. is warm. And that oh, was no. sad. And another drink would be a good idea. Getting a drink, an uplifting tale, or less horrifying crime. Well, I have a slightly less horrible one. Hmm. We're in the UK for it, and we'll get to hear more after the break. After the break. (laughs) (sighs) We're back. We are back. I have some wine. I oh right, you had wine. Yeah. I went for the colder stuff. I'm okay. Lots of ice, bit of vermouth. Mm. But mm. I must say, your wine looks tasty, and especially in that glass. I like the glass. I like it in this glass, too. Mm. Mm. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> so, I am doing one from the UK this week. Um, right. Mine is about, well, I shall ask, have you heard of Kathy Marlowe? No, I'm actually pretty sure I have not. This is kind of an obscure one. Mm-hmm. Um, I I had a whole bunch of options for this week and ended up just picking a personal one instead. Not personal oh, to personal. me. No, not not oh. personal to me. Just yeah. I mean, like um, rather than going for all the horrible ones with um, mass killings, I'm like let's just oh, go. Yeah. Let's go for this one. Hmm. Um, so Kathy Marlowe was 28. Um, she was a New Zealand expat who'd been working in London for three years. Uh-huh. And for 18 months, she'd been working as a finance manager at a market research company called Research Now. Um, <laughs> sorry, I had yes, to. Yes, indeed. <laughs> research Now, um, which was based in Stockwell uh, in South London. So this is where my story begins. Mm-hmm. Um It was 9am on Saturday, the 13th of January, 2007. Uh, Friends and flatmates, Kathy Marlowe and Rachel Warren, left their flat. Um, Kathy had just recently returned from a holiday in Egypt and was described as feeling bad for falling behind with her work. So she decided to go in on a Saturday to catch up and arrived at the office at 
I, I know all the faces. Why would you go into the office on a Saturday? <laughs> I, I was more thinking that this would not be, you know, an empowering fable for the future workforce, I'm assuming. No. Yeah. Um, I also often am alone in the office because I end up working really late and then mm. security will, you know, say, hey, I'm closing the building in 10 minutes or whatever. <laughs> um, but I guess they didn't have any security. Mm. So... Uh, Kathy and Rachel had arranged to meet for lunch and at 1.36pm um, they spoke to confirm. Kathy said she'd be leaving the office soon and planned to meet uh, Rachel at 2 o'clock um, at a local Sainsbury's supermarket. Hmm. Um, Rachel was running late and when she arrived at the Sainsbury's where they both agreed to meet there was no sign of Kathy. Rachel was worried. Um, she couldn't get in touch with Kathy and by dinner time she'd started uh, really kind of freaking out and um, she checked through Kathy's phone bills to find friends, family and colleagues who might know where Kathy had gone. She eventually ended up speaking to a colleague called Simon Edwards who upon hearing that Kathy had been in the office earlier in the day headed to the building to search for Kathy. This is where things get really horrible. Mm. So he he goes into the office and um, immediately it's it's early evening at this point. Well, what do you call early evening? What time does early evenings? Afternoon. Oh, okay. To me, the, the thing like I know that afternoon is technically earlier in the day, like middle yeah. of the working day, but I no, I can't think of a good English word of it. Um. He, he went into the office probably 8 o'clock, 8.30, not too sure. Hmm. Um, and it was immediately clear there was something seriously wrong. Um, there was blood smeared on the lift doors. There were drag marks and, and in blood on the lobby floor. And there was also blood on the walls. Oh. Um, blood was later found under Kathy's desk on the third floor as well. So by 9 p.m., and by this stage, Rachel had already reported Kathy as missing. But by 9 p.m., Kathy was found in a shower cubicle um, with more blood smeared on the tiles and on the floor. There was a clump of hair that clearly wasn't hers found nearby. Hmm. And she was tied up with a white towel and strangled with a red scarf that it turned out had been knitted by her mother. Oh. I know. I thought that, that was the saddest thing. Really sad, yeah. Yeah. Um, there are photos of the scarf as well. And it's just like... Mm. Um, her jacket had been pulled up to conceal her face um, and there was some kind of tissue paper scattered around her head um, police were of course called right away and that was sort of all they knew initially a post-mortem had revealed that Kathy was beaten and uh, strangled her injuries included a fractured hand lacerations to her arms and legs blunt force trauma to her head um, she clearly fought back because a lot of the wounds were defensive mm. And they also found DNA under her fingernails that matched the hair sample from the scene and also a lot of the blood that was left over the office. Um, so the blood under the desk, the blood on the walls, um, that actually matched someone else. Oh, it wasn't yeah. hers. No. Oh. Yeah, like she really fought back. Like she was going for it. Like Good, if her. if this person is taking me out, then I'm not going down without a fight. Hmm. Um, but yeah, a clump of hair. Um, and the hair was kind of short as well. So it, it was pretty impressive to have been able to tear that out. <laughs> um, so yeah, um, the DNA from that all matched a single person and um, the police ran it and actually got a hit. Um, oh. it wasn't someone with a previous, um, criminal conviction. It was someone who had simply been arrested, um, for drunken disorderly conduct back in November, 2005. Now, typically they don't take a DNA sample whenever, um, someone's arrested for this. It, it I can't find any special circumstances why DNA was taken. Hmm. It just seemed to be one of those random things where either the police officer was being super thorough or maybe they just didn't like the person. Um, but yeah, like th there was no reason that I could find for it being done. Um, and actually the guy uh, who was arrested, he, he was just fined and let go again, essentially, because I mean, it's just a, a standard drunken disorderly. Mm -hmm. um, so who was it? Um, the DNA turned out to belong to a guy called Matthew Fagan, um, who was also an expat. Um, he was an American who'd lived in London since 2000. He'd married a German wo woman called Vanessa in 2003. At the time of the attack, he was 32, so close enough in age to the victim. Hmm. Um, he 
had also worked at Research Now as a web production manager from April 2005 to April 2006. So um, he'd actually been fired about nine months before all of this happened. Apparently he was fired for general incompetence, but also alleged laziness. Oh, okay. And he had been unable to find a new job after he was fired. Mm. Um, So he started relying heavily on his wife's income and um, fell into debt. Um, He didn't seem to curb his spending after losing his job. Mm. And in the end, he filed for bankruptcy. Um, He said he'd been earning cash working for a removal company and also carrying out burglaries on the side. So he did later admit to, um, you know, being up to no good, shall we say. Um, In September 2006, so like three, four months before the murder, Mm -hmm. um, he propositioned a friend in a pub asking if he'd be interested in buying laptops for around 300 quid a piece. So that's about $400 or 340 euros. Um, And he thought that his former office presented a really good opportunity. Hmm. So um, in that office, Matthew had also sat in the... the third floor um, on the bank of desks next to Kathy. They weren't friends or anything like that, but they did see each other every day for the entire year that he worked there. And, mm. you know, they would have known each other. Um, when initially he was interviewed by police because they had the hit, he refused to tell them anything. Mm. Um, just no comments whatsoever. But as time went on, we managed to piece together what actually happened. So... CCTV footage. Uh, what do you call that in the US? Closed circuit television? Well, I that mean, is exactly that, that what it is means. what it stands yeah. for, but do they, surveillance cameras? Surveillance, yes. yeah. I feel like CCTV is something the Brits say. I definitely heard more there, but I th- it should be pretty well understood, right? I hope so. Well, anyway, yeah. it's said now. Um, <laughs> so, surveillance, surveillance. That's it. Surveillance footage Um, showed a man appearing to be uh, Matthew near the office just before 1 p.m. on the Saturday. Um, He'd used an old security pass to get access into the office Mm. with three accomplices. I find this totally crazy that your old badge would still work to get in. There were some reports that said he had uh, an old set of keys, but I think it was just a badge. Like based on everything, it seems to have been a badge, nothing else. So, using an old security pass, Matthew accessed the um, office with three accomplices. Um, they it, It's all a bit sketchy here, but they're thought to have worked their way through the building. Um, and so bear in mind, this is just around one o'clock and she speaks to her friend just after one thirty to say, hey, I'm going to come meet you for lunch. Da, 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 da. Oh. So it's really like awful, awful timing. Yeah. Um So we think that they started working their way up through the building Um, and on reaching the third floor, which they, of course, expected to be empty. There was Kathy, who recognized Matthew and apparently started shouting at him and telling him to leave. Mm -hmm. Um, It's, again, very unclear about what happens next. We know there was blood under her desk um, that belonged to him. Um, So the attack likely started there. Wait, sorry. So they knew about the... I thought they had surveillance on the internal parts as well. Nope. Oh, okay. Nope. Hmm. Um, not as far as I've been able to find. And hmm. there was a big trial and everything, and I haven't been able to find any reference to that. Okay. Um, I've been able to find references to cameras outside, but not inside, hmm. which is a little bit scary. But yeah, we, we know that there was blood under her desk, um, so... It was probable that the attack started there. He later said that they, like all of them, had grabbed her, muffled her screams and tied her up. Um, She was later found to be tied up with a towel. Don't know where the towel came from, so Mm. doesn't make a lot of sense. Maybe they kind of grabbed her and helped anyway. Um, But there was actually no DNA linking the other three to Kathy or the murder in any way. Mm. Um, And bear in mind from some of it, like the uh the scarf around her neck they got touch dna from matthew so like really low levels of dna so they were looking into the detail and they didn't find any dna from any of the other guys on it so it seems really unlikely that they were involved and they grabbed her um but yeah muffled her screams tied her up we also know based on the post-mortem that um and also from what he'd said what was said that he hit her with a hammer um 
so that's where the blunt force came from. Uh, oh. Yeah. In terms of lacerations, it's not really clear whether they came from the, the claw end of the hammer or whether it came from just the struggle. Um, and of course, she was strang- strangled with her scarf. Mm. Um, we know he uh, dragged her across the lobby to the shower cubicle because he knew the layout of the office and that was a fairly deserted yeah. place that they wouldn't have to deal with. But it's not clear if the murder took place entirely on the third floor. We just know she was definitely dragged across the lobby. Also, with the uh, blood on the lift doors, he went back afterwards. So again, not sure what the story is there. Mm. Um, so Kathy had fought back. She scratched him, like really gone for him. He had marks all over his neck. He had a clump of hair missing. And this guy had like hair maybe the length of yours on the sides. Like... Mm no more than a number six um and and she ripped out a clump of it so he was bleeding pretty badly from his head like you go like good for you girl Mm -hmm. um but after leaving the body in the shower cubicle he continued raiding the office um at this point though he claimed the other three were angry that he'd been recognized and told him to leave so Mm. The whole thing is a little bit, like, strange. Um, but he, he did leave, but he decided to take Kathy's handbag with him. Um, we know Kathy's security pass was used again at 2.26, so less than an hour after she'd spoken to her friend, and we're quite sure she had nothing to do with that. Um, and we also know that he threw away Kathy's handbag shortly after leaving the building, but he emptied the um, purse of her cash first. Mm. Um he was also seen with uh, a rucksack filled with laptops on CCTV footage as he left. And he was wearing a hat, presumably to cover up the head injury. So he did later admit, even though he was pretty uh, quiet when the police initially picked him up, but he did later admit that he stole six Dell laptops. And um, he really insisted he had nothing to do with Kathy's death. Yeah. Uh, essentially, his story was... She was yelling at him. They all tied her up together and they left her in the shower cubicle tied up. And whenever he was asked by the other guys to leave because he'd been recognized, she was still alive. Um, In court, he said, um, I then went into the hallway where Kathy was sitting basically to say I was sorry about everything that had happened. Um, But I'm sure if she stayed there, she would be all right. But she was really angry. She was just sitting there and staring and glaring at me. Oh, Poor thing. I, yeah, like the whole thing is like, what? It, why would you even tell this story? It doesn't sound in any way believable. Nope. And like, I'm just picturing this pissed off child sitting glaring at a parent <laughs> who's like giving them a time on it. It's like, dude, seriously, if she's ripped a chunk of your hair out, I doubt she's sitting there calmly glaring at you. No. Um, but yeah, um, it goes on. So... About an hour and a half after he left, so it's 3.57 at this point, he called the police to claim he'd been mugged. Um, He said he'd been mugged and attacked by a man carrying a knife. Um, The whole thing seemed to be an attempt to explain the injuries. And he also went to Guy's Hospital to to get treatment. Um, So that was to cover the whole thing up. But the first thing he did whenever he got home was he phoned his friend from the pub to offer to sell him the six laptops. Of course. Um... So this all went to court in September 2008, and it took less than three hours for a jury to find Matthew Fagan guilty of murder. He was sentenced to life with a minimum of 26 years behind bars. Um, Her family is, of course, all in New Zealand. A lot of them Mm -hmm. flew in to be there for the trial and to see him get sentenced. Um, Mm -hmm. What was super sad to me is a couple of months after she was murdered, her mom uh, died from cancer. Uh, She'd had cancer for for quite a long time, but it's uh, there's some suggestion from her father that the grief didn't make it any easier for her to um, continue fighting. But when the verdict was announced, um, her sister yelled out, yes, like, uh, at least they're getting something out of it. Um, and her dad read a, a victim impact statement, which is um, something essentially all victims have the option in the UK of submitting a statement that'll be taken into account during sentencing and everything mm. else. But it's always a matter of public record, which I have serious issues with. Mm-hmm. Um, but and for that reason, I'm not going to read any of it, but it, it was pretty intense and some of the jurors were actually crying as he was reading it that's how Mm. um intense it was Hmm. 
So, um, just FYI for the other three, I know one of them was charged with stealing um, Kathy's credit card. Another one uh, was um, was charged with being involved in uh, theft and trespassing. I was going to say they did manage to find all of them. Yeah, they did. Oh. And a third one was just released without charge. Um, I don't know what happened to them all. Obviously, it was massively overshadowed by everything else that went mm. on. Um, but that is more or less my story from this week. Um, so no, I, I mean, I can see that it wasn't that necessary concerning the evidence, but, uh, regarding the evidence. But um, So no statement from the accomplices on their version of events? or Their... Their version seemed, I tried to cut out a lot of stuff about everyone's versions because it was more or less a he said, he said type thing. No, of course. Like Matthew Fagan the whole time insisted he had nothing to do with it and blamed the accomplices and they did the exact opposite. Hmm. So aside from the odd little bit that I shared, I didn't find much value in anything else they'd said. Okay. But yeah, that's it. But, uh, but that... That seems clear enough, though, if it was even, like he said, he said, um, concerning how, I, I think we're both pretty certain that he was behind the actual... I mean, he was he was the only one with anyone in connection to the, the workplace in the first mm. place. So um, I know two of the other guys were Eastern European. I'm not sure about the fourth, mm. um, but... He was the only one with a connection to that workplace. Mm. And he would have been the only one she could have recognized. Yeah. No, no I'm, I'm just and thinking DNA, of yeah. the general, like, yeah, we have the DNA and the actual mm. murder bit of it. Because I would kind of assume that even if they start off with, okay, him saying, no, no, I left her, she was alive with those guys. And they yeah. say, no, no, that fucker killed her. Yeah. Um, but after all of the evidence with the DNA and everything and him getting the like really straight track towards yeah. getting convicted for it. Yeah. If it was the fact, for instance, that all four of them had been involved with it, pretty sure he would have changed the story yeah. to like try to alleviate his part or something. But well, it was he he did straight. insist he had nothing to do with it. He they they grabbed her together and they were the ones that pushed for the whole thing. Mm. And that whenever he left, she was alive and just sitting in a half in the shower cubicle. Oh, yeah. But like when it reaches the point where it's like, okay, it's very clear that he is going to take 100% of the blame. Yeah. If there could have been the slightest thing that they all d actually did the murder together, yeah. I think he would have pointed that out by then. Yeah. So then it sounds pretty clear that he was... I mean, he, he did, was the bastard. Yeah, he did say it, but they couldn't prove anything for anyone else. And there was mm. no evidence, um, forensic evidence whatsoever to point to any of the others. Yeah. So that was it. I told you it was a short one this week. It was mm. short and sad, but still, you know, justice being served and all that. Yeah. A yay in the courtroom. Yay in the courtroom. Um, maybe we should get a drink before talking about anything else. <gasps> Right, we need a drink. Yeah. I forgot about the drink. Let's go get a drink. Okay, let's come back soon. Cool. Okay, we're here. We're back with the sound of drinks. What are we having this week? I kind of want to call this a an English mojito or a Monty Python mojito. Monty Maybe. Python mojito. Well, I guess we should call it an English mojito. Um, Montejito. What? Montejito. No. No. Okay. Montejito. No, don't like it. Sorry. <laughs> um, English mojito. It is. Uh, I've decided. Um, Give me the rundown. It is elderflower liqueur, uh, mint, uh, vodka, and tonic water. Mm. Cheers. Cheers. Mm -mm. Mm. Oh, and lime. Why didn't I say lime? There's a lot of lime in this, so yes. There's half a lime. Just in the flavor profile. Um, Are you going to say something nice this week? Because last week you said nothing nice, and then you said after <laughs> we stopped recording, oh, I really like that, and I'm like, you didn't say anything nice when we recorded. 
Didn't I? No, that not was at all. Horrible of me. Yeah. Wait, wasn't last week the banana split? Yep. But I loved it. But you didn't say that. But I go like, back waxed and on poetically about the overabundance of chocolate and yummy it nuttiness. Like a complaint. You said it wasn't very Aww. nutty. <laughs> Sorry, that might have been lost in the cutting. Um, I did really love it. And um, give me some more seconds to enjoy this and I'll give you... I was reading about um, stressful jobs in the lead up to this week's episode on oh. um, <laughs> crimes in the workplace. Mm-hmm. And there was like a, a standard way of measuring them, which is to do with um, growth opportunity and... Um, what was it? Growth opportunity? Yes. <laughs> and everyday stress or something like that. And of course, there's there's ones up there that make a lot of sense, like um, being in the front lines uh, or being mm. a police officer or um, well, yeah. being a paramedic. Um, but then there's some other ones that I was a little bit more surprised at, like in the top 20 was uh, basically working in IT and hmm. Um, hmm. what else? PR <laughs> uh, manager and events manager. Yeah, I can see all of those though. Yeah, but it it was just kind of funny because you're sort of a firefighter was was of course in there and taxi driver was in there and you know the, oh, yeah. the ones and that when you, you kind compare of them. Yeah, but is, when you yeah. when you compare them exactly when you go like, <laughs> oh, I work in PR versus I'm a firefighter, it's mm. like kind of a big deal. Yeah. I mean, it, I'm I'm not saying that you don't deserve to be stressed. Or, well, well, I'm saying no one should be stressed, but it's not that I'm saying you don't, um, your stress is unwarranted, but it was just kind of mm-hmm. interesting. That's true. And after all the going postal things, postal worker didn't make the list. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. To be fair, in preparation of this episode, I did steer clear of the strictly postal worker. Yeah, crimes. me too. Um, but it's still kind of my opinion that like, in my mind, it feels like, yeah, that was the one big freak out meltdown that led to a, as it apparently is supposed to be called, a rampage killing. Yeah. Um, but I wouldn't have thought that that was the uh, most common one. It was just like, that was the, you know, historical marking, okay, we need a word for this I kind think, of moment. I think there are two years or something like that in the US. Hmm. Postal worker? Hold on, let me, let me check this. Shake it up. Because... It couldn't be two, two workplace killings a year, because <laughs> you you have so many of those, like yes. school shootings and everything. Um, mm. While you're looking up, I will tell you how much I enjoy this drink. Oh really? <laughs> you're gonna say something nice this week? <laughs> I I have actually thought before that um while looking through all of the recordings and editing and everything that like i don't want to sound too repetitive but i have truly really really loved uh, the drinks that you have provided here because you are very skilled at making drinks thank you thank you for saying something nice (laughs) (laughs) even kelfie's upset she's meowing (laughs) What did you say about me being passive-aggressive earlier today? No, I. the reason I accuse other people of being <laughs> passive-aggressive is because I am the queen of passive-aggressiveness. Passive-aggression? Passive-aggression. Hmm. Kelfie, I need you to stop yelling. Or you can come up here and purr, that works. Yeah, you're totally welcome to do that. Um, <laughs> but I will say, uh-huh. I do actually think that I prefer this to a regular mojito. Because, yeah. Hmm. I need to make you a regular mojito. The mint, I like a mojito, but here, like, the mint kind of comes off as a bit sharper as it goes through the uh, elderflower newts. Mm. Um, And I do like this. Hmm. Yeah, it works. Plus, I'm a sucker for lime. Okay, so I take it back. It says. I'm reading off the Going Postal Wikipedia page. Oh. <laughs> uh, between Written ni- by Terry Pratchett. <laughs> Probably. Um, between 1986 and 2011, workplace shootings happened at roughly two per year, hmm. with an average of 12 people killed per year. 
Okay, I think we should round it up for this week. We should. Um, well, not for the week. We do have Friday oh, yeah. left um, because it's Tuesday today. Oh. So then we get Friday with the mystery, and yeah, we will we'll talk to you all later. Uh, in the meanwhile, you know, for any questions, suggestions, or complaints about general Americana knowledge, hit us up on Twitter at Crime by the Bar. Yeah, or you can send us an email, crimebythebar at gmail.com. Mm. And if you want uh, to see more information on our crimes, like photos or eh, general links, sources, whatever, go to crimebythebar.com. And that's it for this week. Mm -hmm. No, that's it for this Tuesday. (laughs) What is wrong with me? Um, You clearly want the weekend to be here already. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Have a good week, everyone. Thanks for listening. Have a good week and we'll see you on Friday. Bye. Bye. What do you mean? I don't know. I feel like it's it's probably a better conversation topic than what's the weather like. Oh yeah. How are you doing? Oh okay. Instead of what's your star sign, like, oh, what's your mental uh, health complaint? <laughs> oh, I'm paranoid and anxious. Oh, me too. Yay, bonding. I'm like, oh, no, I'm sane. I'm like, undiagnosed, not friends with you. <laughs> <laughs>